Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the remaining groups of muscles involved in the head and neck region. We will cover the cervical muscles, the muscles of the pharynx, and the hyoid muscles. We'll take a look at how this information translates into clinical practice. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying! Let's just go over some of the basic facts about muscles. So muscles are one of the four classifications of body tissue types, and it consists of specialized fibers involved in the contraction process. So the primary function of muscles is for movement or action. The contraction is the action of those muscle fibers. And those kind of go under two different categories, either involuntary or voluntary. Now, origin is the attachment to relatively immovable or stationary structures or least movable stationary structure. So an example would be the sternocleidomastoid muscle originates on the clavicle and sternum. So this is a structure. Insertion, the attachment is to something that's a little more movable. So insertion moves towards the origin during the contraction process. So an example of this, if we're using the sternocleidomastoid muscle, is that it inserts on the mastoid process of the temporal bone and the muscles move the head. Innervation is the nerve supply for the muscles. Let's start with the hyoid groups. So what's interesting about the hyoid bone is that it does not articulate with any other bone. It only articulates with muscles and ligaments. And there are two major groups to understand when you are learning about the hyoid muscles. These are strap-like muscles, so if you can just picture that. The first group is the infrahyoid group, and these muscles run from the hyoid bone downward to the clavicle. The second group is the suprahyoid muscles, which run from the hyoid bone to the mandible. Starting with the infrahyoid group, which is situated below the hyoid bone, the main function of the infrahyoid group is to depress the hyoid bone. It's also responsible for assisting in the chewing process of the mandible and the action of swallowing through the attachment with that hyoid bone. The four paired muscles associated with the infrahyoid muscle group are the sternohyoid, the thyrohyoid, the sternothyroid, and the omohyoid. Starting with the sternohyoid, which originates in the posterior and superior surface of the sternum, it inserts into the hyoid bone, and its main action is to depress the hyoid bone. Next is the thyrohyoid muscle, 
and this originates in the thyroid cartilage and inserts into the hyoid bone as well. The action of the thyrohyoid muscle is to depress the hyoid and raise the thyroid cartilage and the larynx. The sternothyroid muscle originates on the posterior surface of the sternum and inserts onto the thyroid cartilage. The action of the sternothyroid muscle is to depress the larynx and the thyroid cartilage. The last one, the omohyoid muscle, originates just lateral to the sternothyroid and thyrohyoid muscles. It inserts into the area of the jugulo-omohyoid lymph node. The action of the omohyoid muscle is to depress the hyoid as well. These are the four muscles that complete the infrahyoid group. Moving on to the suprahyoid muscle group, there are also four paired muscles in this group the digastric, the mylohyoid, the stylohyoid, and the geniohyoid muscles. The action of this group is to elevate the hyoid bone and the larynx, as well as depress the mandible. Starting with the digastric muscle, which is divided into two parts, an anterior belly and a posterior belly. Now the origin of the anterior belly of the digastric muscle is the intermediate tendon. It inserts onto the digastric fossa, which is located on the inside or the medial surface of the mandible, just on the side of the genial tubercle. The posterior belly of the digastric muscle originates in the mastoid area of the temporal bone and inserts into the intermediate tendon located on the hyoid bone. Both the anterior and the posterior bellies of the digastric muscle are responsible for the action of elevation of the hyoid and the larynx during swallowing. The anterior belly is also responsible for the action of depressing and lowering the mandible when opening. The mylohyoid muscle is the major muscle of the floor of the mouth, and this runs from side to side across the mandible. The mylohyoid muscle originates in the mylohyoid ridge and inserts into the hyoid bone. The action of the mylohyoid muscle is to depress the mandible, to elevate the hyoid and tongue, as well as provide a firm base for the tongue. The stylohyoid muscle originates in the styloid process and inserts into the hyoid bone. The action of the stylohyoid muscle is to elevate the hyoid and the larynx as well as depress the mandible. Now keep in mind that the stylohyoid muscle runs over the top and near the posterior belly of the digastric muscle. Now the last of the four pairs of muscles in the suprahyoid group is the geniohyoid muscle, which originates in the genial tubercles and inserts into the hyoid bone. The action of the geniohyoid is to depress the mandible. Consider patients in the dental setting who are medically compromised and have difficulty with swallowing for any number of reasons. 
there is evidence that rehabilitation to strengthen the suprahyoid muscles may improve patients' abilities to swallow more effectively. All right, now let's move on to the muscles of the tongue, which are innervated by cranial nerve number 12, the hypoglossal nerve. The tongue's primary functions are to aid in speech, mastication, and swallowing. The muscles that make up the tongue are four intrinsic muscles and three extrinsic muscles. Now, all of the intrinsic muscles insert on the inside surface of the tongue and may overlap one another. The four intrinsic muscles of the tongue are the superior and inferior longitudinal muscles, the transverse muscles, and the vertical muscles. The three extrinsic muscles of the tongue are the hyoglossus, the genioglossus, and the styloglossus. The hyoglossus originates in the body of the hyoid bone and inserts on the inside surface of the tongue. The action of the hyoglossus is to depress the tongue. The genioglossus originates from the genial tubercles of the mandible and inserts on the inside surface of the tongue. The genioglossus is responsible for protruding the tongue. The styloglossus originates on the styloid process of the temporal bone and inserts on the inside surface of the tongue. The styloglossus is responsible for retraction of the tongue. Moving on to the muscles of the soft palate, there are four muscles involved with the soft palate, and they feel the nasopharynx off from the oropharynx by way of stretching out and raising up against the pharyngeal wall. The four muscles are the palatopharyngeus, the palatoglossus, the levator veli palatini, and the tensor veli palatini. Starting with the palatopharyngeus, which forms the posterior pillar and the vertical fold, posterior to each palatine tonsil. It originates in the soft palate and inserts into the thyroid cartilage. It is responsible for closing off the nasopharynx during swallowing. The palatal glossus forms the anterior pillar and the vertical fold anterior to the tonsils. It originates on the median palatine raphae and inserts on the lateral surface of the tongue. The action of the palatal glossus are to close the nasopharynx during swallowing, arches the tongue, and it depresses the soft palate towards the tongue. The levator veli palatini originates on the temporal bone and inserts into the median palatine raphae near the uvula. This muscle of the soft palate runs under several other muscles and is responsible for raising the soft palate and closing off the nasopharynx during speech and swallowing. I'm doing it right now. The tensor veli palatini originates in the auditory tube and the sphenoid bone and runs past the hamulus and hooks. It turns and inserts near the uvula. The action of the tensor veli palatini is to tense and slowly lower the soft palate. 
and tongue protrusion. The cervical muscles are another group of muscles involved with the head and neck. They are also paired muscles, meaning there is one on each side of the midline. The cervical muscles are large and can be easily palpated during your extraoral, intraoral exam. The trapezius is a broad triangular muscle that originates on the occipital bone and inserts into both the clavicle and the scapula. The main action of the trapezius is to shrug the shoulders and support the weight of the head. The sternocleidomastoid muscle is a main landmark for palpating lymph nodes, and this muscle originates on the clavicle and sternum. This muscle runs from anterior to posterior on the neck and inserts into the mastoid process of the temporal bone. The action of the sternocleidomastoid muscle is to allow for side motion of the head as well as to raise the chin. This muscle is innervated by the 11th cranial nerve. The final group we will review to complete the muscles of the head and neck are the muscles of the pharynx. The pharynx is a muscular tube lined with mucosa and wrapped with muscle fibers. The pharynx is also known as the food tube, which begins where the oral cavity ends. The muscles of the pharynx are involuntary and are involved with speaking, swallowing, and middle ear function. There are three sections of the pharynx, the nasopharynx, the oropharynx, and the laryngopharynx, also known as the pharynx proper. Starting with the stylopharyngeus, which originates on the styloid process and inserts onto the pharyngeal wall, the stylopharyngeus action is to elevate and widen the pharynx. Now, this muscle is innervated by cranial nerve number nine, the glossopharyngeal nerve. There are three pharyngeal constrictor muscles, and these muscles overlap one another. They are specifically named for their location as superior, middle, and inferior muscles. The action of these three muscles are to raise the pharynx and to help drive food in the digestive process into the esophagus during swallowing. Now, as you're going through all the different groups of the head and neck muscles and trying to learn not only the names, but the origin, insertion, and action, break down the words so that you can best understand how these words go together. By knowing how the words go together, it will really help you so that you're not just memorizing origin, insertion, and action. You're actually understanding where they come from and how they are named, and those are directly related to understanding the articulation of these muscles. There's a lot of commonalities, and just by looking at the word, it might help you understand where the origin is, where the insertion is, and what the muscle function actually does, just by knowing where it is anatomically located. I really hope this helps. Always having good, solid dental terminology under your belt really helps make all the other stuff make a lot more sense, especially when you're talking about anatomy. 
I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.